them. If you want to change, if you always do what you always have, if you always do what you have always done, you always get what you've always got. And that's a, I'd call it maybe a parable. It's not 100% true, but it's in the 90% true range. In business, that was one of the statements that I would often hear. It's crazy to expect a different outcome from the same actions. As we walk through a year, we close the chapter, we close the calendar, and we open a new calendar. What do we want? Is there something that we need to change? And just think about it. If you do nothing different, you're probably going to get the same thing that you have gotten. And perhaps that's good. Perhaps it's not. You are going to have to evaluate. Say so by the numbers, evaluation. What do you use for evaluation of growth, improvement, or decline? So in your own life, how do you evaluate where you're at? You know, in the, in the phone company world, we used hours per dispatch, dispatch efficiency, and revisits. Those were the three major items. Customer satisfaction was there as well. But how fast did we do the job? Did we complete the job we went on? And how, what was our level of quality? So did we have to go back and redo it? Cindy and her work used hours per patient or productivity. And it's a, it was a more complicated number than that. But in other words, how many hours of work, how many nurses hours did they spend per patient? How well did they do what they were doing? In the business world, time equals money. Expense minus revenue equals profit. But in the spiritual realm, it's a little different business. What is the measurement tool? You know, I, I like to do woodwork. I'd like to say I'm real good at it, but uh, I'm not. I recently took some of my finger uh, apart. I got to keep the length of it, but uh, it may... Uh, Made me a little ugly for a while. But I found out with a measuring tape, have you ever noticed the end of a measuring tape, the little metal part on the very end, the one with the tab, it moves. You ever noticed that it moves? Well, what's the purpose? Well, you know, you stop and think, okay, well, if every time I'm pulling along this thing, it, it's moving, are my measurements accurate? And why, why does it move? Well, it moves so that if you hook it on something and pull that across, it's the same measurement as if you put the end of it against a piece of wood and pushed on it. And that way it takes up for the difference of the thickness of the end of the tape measure, the little hook part. It'll move whatever that thickness is. And if you take a measuring tape and you expand it all the way out and you consistently just let it come back on itself, just, you know, they've got springs in them and you can just let them just roll back up. If you do that all the time, eventually you're going to wear those rivets out and you no longer have an accurate measurement. It's no longer the exact measurement. Now, you'll, you'll get good results, but in finished carpentry, an eighth of an inch is about as big as a Grand Canyon. Framing carpentry, eighth of an inch is good. But when you're doing finished work, a small sixteenth and eighth of an inch crack is huge. It's visible from a long ways apart. Why do I mention that? Well, Revelation 6.6. 6. 
It says, I heard something like a voice in the center of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a Daenerys and a three quarts of barley for a Daenerys and do not damage the oil at the wine. God uses measurements. The Bible is full of them. He's told God's people how to build the tabernacle, what, what dimensions, the same thing with the temple. How wide? He will set a rule against Jerusalem. He will measure things. He will set a standard. But the standard can be twisted a little bit. It can be damaged in the same way that we roll up that measurement tool. What do you use? For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Matthew 7, 2. So God's measurement, he's in the physical, right? He uses some physical measurements. He'll, he'll talk about having a standard for selling things so that you sell those things truthfully and honestly. But the real measurement of God is where? It's within. Dustin talked about King David this morning. And when you lined up all those sons of Jesse, David wasn't a man you were thinking was going to be king. Samuel went through them and was like, well, surely this one. God said, no, not that one. Well, surely this one. No, not this one. Finally, all the way down to the last, a ruddy young man, Samuel would say, Lord, not this one. He said, yeah, this one. For I look on the inside. I don't measure on the outside. There's a measurement. There's a standard. God uses it. What's your standard? How do you know whether you're living your life properly or improperly? How do you know what's right and what's wrong? By what tool does God measure? What does he use for that? Well, he would say in John 12, 48, he said, The one who rejects me and does not accept my teaching has one who judges him. The word which I spoke, that will judge him on the last day. How do you view God's word? Is it just a good guide? Is it a suggestion? Is it an opinion? What does God mean when he says that? What will judge us? Well, you can argue, we can argue probably have classes on it, when did exactly did God issue his law? We see Cain and Abel, they understood some things, but God had man, through the Holy Spirit, write down what he wanted from us. How do we know what God expects? Well, he's told us the utterances of God. God has told us his word is the standard. No matter what standard we want to use, God has told us that's the standard he will use. In our lives, as we move forward, whose approval do you seek? As you move through 2024, you close out a chapter of 2023, whose approval will you seek? Because if we're not careful, we're going to seek the approval of man. We're going to be scared. There's lots of things in this world that are much different than they were years ago. I'm sure every generation says, man, this world is just falling apart. As new grandparents, Cindy and I sometimes find ourselves discussing what will it look when our grandson is older. What will be those temptations? What will be those stressors? Where will the peer pressure come from? 
Well, John 12, 41 through 43, these things Isaiah said because he saw his glory and he spoke about him. Nevertheless, many even of the rulers believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him. So they would not be excommunicated from the synagogue, for they loved the approval of people rather than the approval of God. You see, that can be a real problem for us in 2024. It can be scary. What will we seek? Will we do the things that God has said do? Or will we do the things that man has said do? And as we move into 2024, those discussions will be there. We recently, through Apologetics Press, had an opportunity that we will move forward with of trying to put some Bibles in some of the schools. But with that comes a challenge. If I put God's Word in the schools, what else can go there? Well, pretty much any other material, right? There's other things that will come, but they're coming. What's our challenge? Whose approval will we seek in 2024? Who needs change in their lives? You know, it's very difficult or sometimes for us to self-evaluate. I'm real good about evaluating others, right? I see that speck, right? Jesus would say, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs. Don't throw your pearls before pigs, or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. In this walk, in this life, in 2024, we will have opportunity to work on ourselves. We will also have opportunity to be critical. What is really Jesus trying to tell us? Who needs to be worked on? Who do we need to work on? First. We need to work on ourselves first. We need to work in, in that walk with God. And then once we've removed, he would say, the beam or the pole or this big splinter in our eye, we'll be able to help someone else. The word hypocrite, an actor. Someone who is acting the part. And if we're not careful, that's what we will become. Working on ourselves, trying to get ourselves right, and then work on helping others. Verse 6. I think it's important for us to understand that there are dogs, there are things that are holy, there's things that are unholy, there are pigs. Taking what is valuable and just casting them to the dogs and to the pigs. You know, I've got two little grand puppies. I don't know what else to call them. They're my, or three, really. I'm sorry. i got three of what my children love, little puppy dogs, and I love them as well. But I've noticed it doesn't matter what I give them. They always want more. There's no difference between a ribeye and a, cr and a crumb of a cracker. They're just as happy. What is holy? Well, for some of our younger folks, what are you going to give and do with your body? Is your body holy? God's word talks about avoiding a lot of things. No more prevalent is sexual immorality. We like to point toward homosexuality and point that one out. And it is true. It is a sexual immorality. But you can be sexually immorality, immoral and heterosexual things as well. What are you going to do 
What are you going to do with what God has called us to be holy people? What are we going to do with ourselves? Where are we going to find ourselves? Where are we going to walk? Let's take things that are holy and treat them as if they're holy. Let's not cast those things to the dogs or throw things of value out to the pigs. We need to change our lives, possibly. I know I do. I need to work on me first and then help my brother. When we do some of those things, I think it's important for us to remember what Jesus told his disciples. I think it'd be proper as we look forward to 2024 and being a church that sponsored Evangelism University for 25 years. We've been involved in missionary work. What are we going to do? We've talked recently at our Bible studies on Tuesday morning about joy. Where is our joy? Do we have joy in what God has done through Christ for us? I'm not the most joyful guy around. Right? I mean, I'm pretty straightforward and uh, I do like to laugh and cut up and you know, tease people and pick at people perhaps. Uh, sometimes I do put my foot in my mouth. But joyful. Are we grateful for what God has done through Christ? He set us free. You know, in talking to some of the Teen Challenge guys, again, Dustin and I have that opportunity and it's a joy. But they used to think they were free. They were addicted to drugs and alcohol. But they were enslaved. And in Christ, they have the opportunity to be free. But sometimes the world gets set backwards. We would say that God's rules are confining rules, right? Thou shalt not. God, through Christ, has set us free. But he would tell the eleven... But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee and to the mountain where Jesus designated them, had designated to them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And that can also be translated, some were hesitant. But not everybody's at the same place. Can we encourage one another? It's difficult sometimes to be together and to worship with the things that are in our minds and the things that are in the world. But some came and some worshiped right off the bat. Some were doubtful or hesitant. Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Do we realize that we worship a God, we have a savior that has all authority. So the world will tell us that that's not true. The world will tell you that bad things happen because God's not in control. The world will ask questions of why bad things happen to good people. They'll even talk about evil. And if there's an all-benevolent, all-knowing, all-good God, then why is there evil? Well, we know it's because we have choice. And the evil's not from God. It's from man and from the devil. But we worship a God who's given all authority to his Son... He would therefore say, go, or as you go, or, or having gone, to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's a specific statement to 11 guys, which become very general as you look 
at the continuation of the gospel message that that message then becomes to all disciples. But notice a few things that we need to tell people about Jesus as we go about our day. For the church to continue to grow and to expand. It's not going to come all from Dustin or from Barry or from me or from the programs that we have, which are good, and those programs need to be good. Where's it going to come from? Well, it's going to come from this morning, 270-something of us or 325 of us, telling people about Jesus. Tell them about the good things that God has done through Christ. And we can teach them. Well, how do we teach them? Well, we're going to teach them by the way we live. We're going to teach them from God's Word. We're going to teach them in many different ways to follow what God has commanded. And notice there's a promise that He's with us. So as we close out, we evaluate. And that's what I hope you will do as you begin the new years. Look at yourself. That mirror look. It can be difficult. <clears throat> in fact, God's word would talk about looking in a mirror and then forgetting what we see. Where are you at? Where do you want to be? And what are you going to do to make that different? I'm hoping that for us at the Savannah Church, that this year we tell people about Jesus. I'm not saying we haven't done that. But we have an opportunity perhaps as great as any other opportunity to tell people about Jesus, to evaluate our own lives, work on us. I want to close with something out of 1 Kings that just as I opened my Bible this morning, this is where it ended up. But Jehoshaphat in 1 Kings 22. 1 Kings 22, starting in 43, says, he walked in all the ways of Asa, his father. He did not turn aside from, from it, doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. Yet the high places were not taken away, and the people still sacrificed and made offerings on the high places. Jehoshaphat, he walked in the ways of God. Now we can again have classes and there's lots I think Jehoshaphat could have maybe done a little different, a little bit better but work on you walk with God understand that there's going to be people who sacrifice to high places people have to choose and not everyone will choose some will be fearful of the world and what will be said but Jehoshaphat through his reign and apparently his life walked in the way that his father had walked he didn't turn from it and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord evaluate correct work on what you believe because that's going to change how you behave evaluate who do you want to be what do you want to be where do you want to end up and what are you going to do to get there? So, as we close out 2023 and start a new year, I know in business, it was the close of one chapter and the opening of another. The books were closed. Everything was done. My dad had a, the only sermon I ever read. I'm sure he typed many of them out. But for whatever reason, I got a hold of this one. 
I think I was in junior high. But it was entitled, Take a Clean Dish. And again, I think I've used this or talked about this before, but my dad was not the smallest of men. He liked buffets and he liked to go take a clean dish. And uh, I do too. But in Christ, when we repent of those things that we have done wrong, we acknowledge them and we repent and we turn away from that, each and every day can be new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. For anyone that is in Christ is a new creation. The old man, he's gone. Behold, all things have come, become new. And you can be new in Christ. So I don't know what your need is tonight. If you have that need, I would ask you to come. Let us pray for you. We have waters that are ready uh, for baptism. Whatever your need is, we're here to serve. Thank you.